everyone, it's Samilla from Menswear by Woman podcast. I hope you're all doing well. My guest today, his name is Wesley Robinson. And if you don't know who he is, I would expect you to, actually, I would expect you guys to know because his illustrations in menswear are absolutely amazing. And um, I'm sure you all know who he is. Um, I'm going to get him on board and talk about menswear. Wes, how are you? I'm hoping you're all right, me calling you Wes. Good. I'm cold. I'm lonely. Oh, but no. I'm good. But you're on Menswear <laughs> by a Woman podcast, so hopefully that will. I'm not lonely up. now because you're here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> How... no, sorry, I'm, I'm just the working from home kind of is great until you're looking out at kind of a bleak, um, right. apocalyptic. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm keeping my spirits up, and you're keeping my spirits up. Thank you. I just wanted to say that your illustrations are absolutely amazing. Amazing illustrations. Thanks. I'm completely clueless as to what I'm doing. Um, I have no formal training and I'm kind of learning on the job over the last few years. So you would not think I'm so. kind of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Um, like, like, uh, like I said to you before, it's kind of like, um, I've I've kind of found my way into something and I'm not kind of sure how I got here or what I'm really doing with it, but I'm just kind of going with it. And, um, and that's what's kind of happened really. So how, when did the, um, well, it says that you were a textile designer as well. Yeah. I mean, I can bore you with my life story and kind Absolutely, of like, please. And, I'm sure it's not boring type. at all. Um, it, I think what it does, it just gives context to what I do because although it's all, I mean, I'm 42 now, at least I think I'm 42. I'm definitely now at the age where I have to be prompted to really know what my age is. But <laughs> um, basically, I have not failed upwards, but I haven't, I haven't seeked to get to where I'm getting to. Uh, or where I've got to, um, my kind of my career has really been in a combination of kind of like retail and working like kind of factories making right. furniture. Okay. Um, it's been a bit kind of like as jobs have come, I've taken them. There's not really been much design to my career, and but during all of that, I've always loved clothes. Right. Like really going back to my earliest memories of like buying little rave cassettes and okay. kind of the streetwear of like the early nineties, um, just being really into fashion, right. but like fashion as I enjoyed it, which like was normally kind of street culture, hip hop, skateboarding. Right. And I loved the activities, you know, I was a DJ, I skated, yep. I, I didn't just kind of invest in the clothes and, and, and think I'd kind of was part of something. I kind of embraced the culture of it, but a big part of that culture was the clothes. Right. So, and that kind of maintained for a long time. And then at some point I was working in a factory. Um, we were making Ralph Lauren furniture for the UK and European market. Um, and this was a job that my mum had got me because she was like the head seamstress there. And, I was kind of just like the foreman's assistant, but I would just be handling all of the cloth coming in, seeing all these amazing kind of 
fabrics come in from all of like the the big kind of European and British mills. And I was just like, wow, you know, and I kind of, I wasn't into Ralph Lauren before I started working in that factory. I kind of, it, it didn't hit my kind of taste, if you see what I mean. Like yeah. it was, I always saw it as a little bit mainstream. I was a bit more kind of into like subcultures, but then I kind of just fell in love with, with the aesthetic of Ralph Lauren and that kind of maintained and also grew into kind of more traditional menswear. So, you know, around the time of like everyone getting into tweed, like yeah. 2006, 2008, yeah. you know, I was getting into all of that kind of schooled myself with the Savile Row tailors and just learned all about British menswear. Then I got into Ivy. So then I learned about American menswear Okay, and wow. along with all of that, I was just beginning to like sketch, um, and do like I was into like color theory, um, and I'd just got like the first kind of phone that he had like a it was like a tablet phone, so yeah. I could basically just doodle on my phone, right? And it was no more than really like a hobby, um, and I've got synesthesia, which I know we just talked about sharing kind of difficulties with like you know dyslexia and number yeah. blindness, yeah. but um, yeah, I have synesthesia which I feel is often caught up in in all of that right which means that basically when I hear music I kind of see color in my mind's eye and okay. I often can't kind of I'm kind of immersed in this, in this visual world of color and it kind of comes through in what I try and do with my drawing which is whether I'm drawing people or just coming up with like fabric swatches it's just explore um that whatever that is in me that's just kind of obsessed with color really so where 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 did you find the color reference kind of thing where i mean you know because your color scheme is absolutely amazing on your illustrations um i i'm a bit i don't know like i'm not i'm not like a maths whiz or a science genius or anything like that All right but I will literally sit in front of like YouTube videos for like three hours only about quantum entanglement and all this stuff. And I don't know why I'm interested in it. Like I would have, I have no um, academic ability in it, but it sparks like a kind of creativity in me. And I think I, for something that's so instinctual, I was like, Oh, I wonder why, like when I put certain colors on, they really suit me or why I'm drawn to certain colours. And, you know, you know when you walk into a shop yeah. and you see the pair of trainers yeah. or a coat in exactly the right green or exactly the right combination of colours, it's just like, I need that. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's not even like in a kind of material sense. It's even like deeper than that. It's like in a kind of like, that is me. Like that colourway is me. I, I kind of need to own that or I need to wear that. So for me, there's a hurdle in the fact that I couldn't often afford it. So for me, it was like to draw it. Okay. And as I, as I could draw on a digital device, I yeah. could record the colours a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. I and I could that. map the colours. Yeah. And I just started to learn that there were relationships in colours. There yeah. were schemes that, that worked uh, and they gave different emotional kind of qualities. So I got really into the idea of like, colors their emotional qualities 
and how we kind of respond to them. And then a bit of kind of cold, hard color theory that you would learn if you'd gone to like, you know, did a course in kind of art and design or something like that. So I was learning these things kind of on YouTube and just the internet and kind of bring them in to inform me, but try and use my instincts to kind of always be the kind of the main thing to follow really. But do you think it's important to go and do a course in menswear then? Because your how you've been taught, like, you know, through YouTube and everything, which is like, you know, I find it incredible, absolutely incredible, like your illustrations. So do you think it's important to do education in menswear? Or do you think no? <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I think there's two things. Yeah. And this is what I really learned. There's, what I've learned about men's, well, fa- fashion, menswear. Yeah. Um, there's the creative team and there's the design team. Right. And I think when I got sent a tech pack from Gantt yeah. by my friend Jonathan, yeah. and I saw what he, how he had organised this uh, Adobe Illustrator file, my jaw kind of dropped. Like, it was just a tech pack. But it was so pristine in how it was presented. I was like, this is almost beyond my comprehension of what someone can do. Like, this is learned skills. This isn't like someone having a good idea. Not that he's short of good ideas, but like this guy can just know he can operate this program. I use Adobe Illustrator every day and I just like draw a line. <laughs> this guy had created some almost like the Sistine Chapel of like oh, layers of, and and I, honestly, I, I still think about it now. I was like, how the hell has he done that? And so my point is, is like there are skills in menswear, yeah, technical skills. You know, you know from like yeah, um, know. all of the aspects of yeah. clothing design. I know none of that, and right. I think a lot of the time that is a hindrance to me because it. it I could, with my ideas, if I had all of that technical ability, like say that my mum had with uh, being seamstress, yeah. I could design clothes. You know, I could make and design clothes. Yeah. But I didn't learn it. And that that is, that is um, that's a hindrance. And I think if people want to learn those skills, go and do a course because you will adopt, you will learn things which can be used Absolutely. practically in the world of work. Yeah. So, you know, I regret not seeing my education, although I did do almost like an A-level equivalent of art, I ended up kind of doing music right. and then kind of not, not doing anything. Um, and I kind of regret not grounding myself in a, in a skill. You know, and all those skills really change or what, what skills are demanded can change. With physical things, you know, you might have to retrain on certain programs and things like that, but you've got an underlying knowledge, you know, like how how clothing's made is is not going to change massively from now, you know, for a long time, really. And if you learn those skills, then if you're creative as well, then you're, you know, it's even more power to you. So I'm kind of like a creative without any practical skills. And I think that limits what I can do. So education, I think, is really important. And 
I don't think it's a waste of time, although it's a hell of a lot more expensive now than when I was looking at yeah. it, which was expensive when I looked at it. Yeah. Um, it depends. I think it's important to get a grounding and, and, and knowledge in what you want to do and have talent and everything else on top. They, they feed each other. And yeah, I would re- really recommend it if, if, you know, if, if you can do that. We all struggled, right, in coming into the industry. Did you ever struggle in trying to get into, like, with your illustrations, getting, you know, brands? I think I'm struggling it? staying in it in many ways. Are you? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, in, in, in some way, and I, yeah. I don't mean it in a kind of, like... In a negative way. I think what, 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 um, what I didn't explain is, like, I wasn't meant to be, I wasn't meant to be doing illustration. Okay. I'd become, I'd become very keen in plaids and and design and the designing of stripes and plaids okay and while i while i was living where i live now i just so happened to live very close to a guy who was one of the first um pad operators in terms of like um yarn dye weaves and stuff like that and he had a studio okay and i interned i interned for him like a day a week for a year and learned um, learned software and looked at kind of matching pantones and all this wow. type of stuff. And I was like, cool. I'm like, this is like, you know, I've moved out into the country to decide to have like start a family. And here's this guy who's kind of like doing exactly what I want to do. Wow. And, and he's lucky enough. Yeah. I was like, cool. Right. This is, you know, this is good. Yeah. And then, um, Gant came along. I'd uh, say so this this guy finally kind of secured a, a bit of paid work for me. But as that happened, like Gant approached me and they'd seen what I'd been posting online. They're like, do you want to move to Sweden and come and work for us and design our plaids? And I was like, it was around the time my, ch- my uh, boy was due, but we were like, yeah, if we've got to do that, we're going to go. So, Excellent. you know, I, I, I kind of said to the, this guy that had offered me this kind of start, I was like, you know, I can't turn down this opportunity. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I left there um, thinking that in three months I'd be going to Gantt. But then due to a change in kind of management there, that fell through. Oh, no. So I never went to Sweden to start my career in kind of, you know, textiles design or, you know, surface design, textile design. And I was like, oh, God, right, I'm back to, like, square one here, you know, um, I'm kind of like, I'm just, I'm doing a printing job, like in a, in a kind of, you know, it's not like in any artistic pursuit. I just kind of found a local printers that needed a print machine operator and I was just doing that. And while I was doing that, I was like, right, I can't afford a, a studio. Like, I can't afford all those Pantone swatches. Can't afford the software. Yeah. Um, what can I do? I can just push my illustration um, so I pushed my illustration and then kind of was lucky enough for people like Drake's and um, some other kind of respected brands just to want to take me on and just do a bit of um, marketing images. And that's kind of where it all started, really. Wow. And that was about four years ago now, I think, like maybe like a year just before COVID kicked in. Wow. So that is quite an amazing what story. What I'm saying about struggling to stay in it is that 
because it wasn't really by design and I don't have any formal kind of training. Yeah. It's tricky in a way because people like can love your ideas. Yeah. And, you know, you can obviously illustrate their ideas back to them. But um, it's not like you're someone that can just go in and take on a job in a, in a clothing company, which, you know, I would, I would love to do. Um, I'm sure that I've got creativity to do it, but I haven't got those skills of the people I meet who are in the industry. So, yeah, you kind of... But you've got a vision, though, right? You've got the eye, you've got the vision. Oh, yeah, like, I know. You've got I all know of that. exactly and can, what I want to do. See, you, know, you can still I know, see um, it through your artwork. And, you know... Well, this is why the AI has been really helpful. You know? Right, okay. Um, it's just that... Um, when you when you've got like a a, a vision yeah. like i know creative directors and some of those creative directors can draw and they can take those drawings to a team and the team can make them up for them and then i know some creative directors who not only can draw they can then go and make the garment you know not that they often need to but um i was just like that would be great but having seen the limitation um, that creatives can have on them in it, in the industry, I sometimes think, well, actually, it's really cool just to be self-employed and just do these doodles and, you know, people like them and people offer me work to kind of create marketing images for them. Like, I do enjoy that. But the, the whole spark of wanting to draw in the first place is to create my own images and, kind of fuel my own um aesthetic so it's a tricky one i don't and, and that's what i'm saying if i just said to myself i'm an illustrator i'm going to perfect being an illustrator yeah then that would almost be easier but i'm like there's there's something bigger that needs to be kind of looked at in terms of being a creative and i see other people who start their own companies and i think wow yeah that would be great um, people like uh, Tony Sylvester with um, with his brand that he just started, you know, off the back of kind of COVID again, you know, yeah. just what can I do? Oh, here you go. I can, you know, people like my look. I I know my look. I'm going to make my look, you know, and that to me is is really inspiring. So that's kind of where I'd like to go, but not lose a sense of the fun of like illustrating as well. Well, I think your illustrations are, I mean, I think you've got a look already. I think there's, it's already there. Um, and it's very different and it's very unique. So I think it's all there. It's just basically you're what you're saying. It's just the knowledge of how garments go together kind of thing and how it works. Is that, and yeah, it's, it's, it's like how you develop well, the actual garments and how yeah. it actually operates. Um, and um, I think the funny thing is, right, um, <laughs> I can do my illustrations, I can, and I know how garments work and everything. And I still found it very difficult to get a job out there. And it's really weird how you're saying, you know, the same thing, like in a sense that, you know, I need to learn about the um, how the um, clothing works, but I think whereas I think you already do know how it works because the way you illustrate. 
Oh yeah, like I, I, I big, think I, because I think the I'll be honest with is, you. Like, I, I'll be very, very honest with you. I think your illustration. When I first saw your illustration, I thought you know he's been in the industry for some time because he from your illustration, I think it's about stuff. He knows he understands clothing. When you've just told me four years, I'm thinking, are you kidding me? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, it puts me to yeah, shame. Then, it's like, oh my god, I, I'm I'm embarrassed to show you my <laughs> illustrations now. <laughs> well, I think I'm just like the product of a seamstress and a graphic designer. Like my dad was a graphic designer, right? He he kind of learned, he was into clothes, which okay. I find when he tells me that he was going to start a fashion label just before I was born, I was and I look at what he's wow. wearing, and I'm like. Are you sure? <laughs> but as time has kind of gone on, I realised that he just had kind of kept his kind of slightly Ivy League informed look of like right, okay. the 1960s, nice. like kind of mod, but not a mod. And wow. my mum was a mod and a Georgie Fame fan and she loved clothes. And um, yeah, I think a dream for them was to actually have their own clothing company together. But... You know, me and my brother come along, and then it's like all hands to the pump. Dad's working, you know, all the hours um, as a graphic designer. My mum is a seamstress, working, doing clothes and, and upholstery and whatever yeah. Yeah. she can kind of job she can get. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just a product of that. It's kind of in me. You know, when people talk about pedigree and stuff like that, you know, if you you often find that a talent that one of your parents got, your grandparents had, yeah. will manifest in you. And yeah. you don't really have a choice in that. Um, it just it just comes out, you know. And for a long time, I wasn't entertaining it because I was just working, like, you know, a retail job. And I didn't have any way to kind of um, engage with my creativity. And then, um, you know, all of a sudden, technology kind of frees us all and you can draw, you know, when you're on the train to work. Yeah. And, you know, that hour that you had commuting is now an hour you can spend drawing. Absolutely. Which, you know, that, that works for me. Yeah, um, same with me because I normally do um, drawing on my phone and with my, well, I use my finger to draw. And uh, yeah. basically uh, when I'm on the train, on the tubes, on the, not on the buses, actually, more on the tubes. I just sit there drawing and listening to music. And it's quite, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. It's it's so, like... That is exactly what I've done prior to... When I was living in London, yeah. I was working retail on Oxford Street. Oh, God. Um, and, uh, like, you know, and that yeah. was, like, that wasn't in fashion. Right. That was just, you know, um, that was actually for a health food company. Right. Um, and I was just, like... Uh, I don't know. I moved into London to be with my wife, but in terms of my career, like it was not going anywhere. And just to be able to sit and draw on the train um, and block out kind of that commute yeah. Yeah. was yep. a bit of God was like a godsend, really. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree with you because I, I still yeah, do it and, now. Yeah, I think a big part of being creative is losing yourself in a little world. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, Hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, so I've had to. I've just had to move closer to a radiator because it is absolutely freezing. freezing. You probably 
hear my teeth chattering in a second. Um, God, I mean, I'm living a romantic kind of country lifestyle, but Christ, it's freezing. So with menswear, who's your favourite menswear brand out there? Or, or out well, there? it's like? quite easy. My, I think Ralph. Okay. Through whatever means, yeah. and a lot of it was copying pre-existing things that worked, but he kind of, I read a quote somewhere yesterday, it was like, it was something like he said, make it magic, or something like proper American kind of... Phrase. Uh, like we, in the UK, we wouldn't say something like that, <laughs> but America kind of dreams big, and he dreams big, yeah. or he dreamt big, Yeah. and I think what it was was he his team had an understanding of aesthetics. Whether you kind of wanted to buy into the world or not didn't really matter. But he could create um, he could create a kind of a world and he could create an aesthetic. And I really admire people who can do that. And it just so happens that the clothes that he was kind of in into classic American yeah. menswear has yeah. I've found to be the style that kind of works for me. You know, I could be going around in classic British wear. I could be into European tailoring. I could be into street wear, but for some reason I'm always drawn to kind of kind of a preppy look, but not a kind of like I'm a preppy kind of uh i don't think of the right word to say like even in the uk it kind of it can look a bit like you're a bit up yourself you know um if you dress a certain way so i think how i like to dress is kind of like if you think of the film animal house they were like they're all dressed in kind of ivy yeah but you know the the, the house that you kind of root for like the that um, Belushi was in, they were kind of just like average guys who were kind of engaged in kind of like an average everyday look. But the clothes were kind of cool enough that they looked cool but and they wore them in a kind of relaxed way. So that's the style I like, really. So It's traditional clothes worn in, traditional American clothes worn in a relaxed way, I'd say. So... At the moment, right, um, with menswear, where do you, how do you think British menswear is going at the moment? I think it's getting really pulled by mm. America and it's getting really pulled by Japan and it's even getting pulled by Paris. Right, I think Paris okay. has got a real clear identity of itself. I think um, the Asian countries yeah. often have their own little vibe Mm-hmm. inside themselves but I think collectively they have a really strong identity when it comes to menswear and I think America never really struggles coming up with its ideas but I think the UK is a bit lost in a way I think the whole way that London slowly has become a way an unapproachable place to live for a lot of people yeah. especially young creative people who haven't got the income yet yeah so that stifles – I mean, I haven't been into London. I haven't lived in London for a few years. But even very when I lived hard. there, I was like, this isn't how it was in the 90s. No, it's very, like, very expensive. you would come expensive. up to London. 
very expensive. Yeah, you would come up, yeah. But also in the 90s, you'd come up to London, you'd be like, you're in the heart of everything. It was yeah. cool. You can feel the buzz. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I never felt it in London when I lived there. I, I, I met people who had that spark in them, but yeah. they were kind of so low down the pecking order, they weren't influencing anything. And I think over time, London lost a lot of its edge. Yeah. And I think that's reflected in UK clothing now. So you, you, I, for a long time, I'd look more to like the Manchester uh, mm. and, and like those type of scenes. They seemed more vibrant. Like London didn't really seem to have like a scene. You know, it had its little kind of uber cool kind of skate brands and stuff like that. You know, and there's always those really cool kind of designers who are in London. Um, but ultimately, I felt like people, cool, innovative UK people were getting pushed out of, of, of being able to even begin a life in London. And I think that's affected us, really, as a country. Um, but it's also meant that people have come out, like I've come out to parts of the country which people weren't really engaging with. And then you've got like things coming up like um, like these brands that kind of really influenced by like folklore, you know, British folklore. Yeah. And um, Jonathan Skeleton, I think, is one guy and Weird Walk fanzine. And then suddenly you've got people that are really engaging with kind of like the cultural history of the islands, you know, which yeah. that I don't feel like that would have happened. No. Um, so I think there is stuff here and it's really cool, but it doesn't kind of, well, it might over time, but at the moment it doesn't stand up against like how, you know, like Le Etiquette magazine kind of stamped the Parisian look yeah. or the French look. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think we were a bit lost. And then you've got brands like Drake's who really found this really nice point where it was like, it attracted people who are into British menswear and Ivy League. And it was like a casual tailored look. And I think because of COVID, obviously everything went casual. Yeah. And even, so, you know, in a world where COVID didn't happen and people were still more engaged with suits and shirts and ties, you know, stuff that the UK has got a history in and can rebrand itself in like Drake's done, that could have manifested even more than it already has, which has been a big thing anyway. But it's a shame in a way because then you kind of look to, look to a casualization of of dressing and we kind of looked to like the American kind of streetwear take on luxury that kind of crept in and, and fed the UK. And I don't know if that's done us favors or not really. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, um, I, I it's mean, a kind of, I do feel like it's, 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 a, it's a loss of identity that needs yeah. to be reaffirmed. I, I do think. feel that as well. That menswear is a bit lost in in London. I feel that as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I would. The only place I'd really get excited in London when I walked into the shops. Yeah, and it wasn't even really my style, but it was just like it's something unique to the, the British experience. 
was still like walking into Paul Smith. I lived quite close to the flagship store. Oh right, okay. in um, Labrick Labrick Grove when I lived right, in London, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I would go in there just because I really observed. If you're into textiles, you, whether you're into like the Paul Smith look or not, yeah. If you're into design and textiles, you're going to love just walking into his shops. Yeah. You know, I'd only ever buy socks. Like only, I could only ever afford socks. You know. <laughs> Right. But I'd go in there and I'd like I'd buy a pair of socks and I'd look around at all of the stuff, you know, and then you'd meet the people who work there and then you realise the people that work in there were also designing like some of the clothes. Like the way that Paul had kind of structured his company is like, you can work in my shop, but we're also going to put out um, a T-shirt with your design on, you know, and I met illustrators that worked in the Paul Smith shop and I was like, wow, like this is pretty cool you know, he's given you the opportunity to like feed into the collection yeah. and you can kind of afford to live in town because you're working in the shop and you're designing. So that's how you get new blood coming through, you know. Yeah, given them um, a chance. And he, he, yeah. But otherwise, you know, apart from Drake's and a few other shops I'd walk into, I'd never really feel like I was walking into a defined kind of UK experience, really. Um, last question. I'm, because, um, well, you've done it within four years, you've become amazing um, person in menswear, in my eyes. And I think you've done very, very well. What would you advise someone trying to get into menswear? Um. Well, I can certainly advise one thing for illustrators to do. Yeah. And I think, like, I've looked around at illustrators and you see some illustrators become successful and some not. Uh-huh. And yeah. you look at the quality and, like, some are really good and make it and some aren't so good and they yeah. make it. And you think, well, what's, you know, and then you look at some who are, like, better than you will ever be and they're not making it at all. Right. And it's because they've angled themselves as being commercial artists and they are representing items of clothing really well. Yeah. And okay. they've probably got a real keen interest in what's fashionable. Not, And they're not kind of going after it because fashionable, but they're into it and they reflect it. You know, so you'll see people that are successful because they are showing the clothes that people want to wear. And then you might find people who can draw really well, but they're not really engaging with maybe the the fashion as people want it to be. Right. And then you've got people like me who are kind of like, yeah, I could draw everyone else's clothes and I, I do draw other people's clothes because it is an income, but I'm kind of frustrated that I want to design my own clothes. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So I'm probably more someone who wants to be a designer who can illustrate Mm-hmm. Whereas you'll see some people who are illustrators who can really show off other people's products in a way that they can't do with um, photography or other marketing means. Right. And they really, you know, will then make a real stamp. So your slow boys, your kind of um, Ivy boy, Aaron, um, Dick, Carol, who's a good yeah. friend of mine, like yeah. they will represent clothes really well. Yeah. And they'll look at the clothes and study them. And I kind of go in more of an impressionist route. And like, I'm like, that kind of looks like the jacket. 
but I'm kind of going for more of like, is the, is the color of the jacket right? Or are the colors right? You know, I'm always thinking like the color, the color, the color and the, and the, and the form. I'm not thinking the detail. And I okay. think if you can show off other people's products in a real favorable way, they'll want to use you and you'll get work. And that is probably the key. If, if you want to be commercially successful, make you yourself an asset to companies. If you want to be creatively successful, like that might not win you any money, but you know, you're kind of the idea is hopefully at some point, some might recognize your creativity and then you can kind of exercise it. But that is a lot more difficult. And I think if you just want to have a career in illustration and menswear, just focus on, showing product in the best way it can be shown really and in, in terms of getting into menswear as a whole like i wouldn't even know where to begin because none like, of us do I, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's a secret none of us do actually um, um on that note yeah. where's um i'd just like to say thank you so much for coming on to menswear by woman podcast it's been an absolute honor and i loved it um having you on board um yeah I love your work nice and, one. Uh, and I think your Thanks, your illustration is amazing uh, I think what you've done in cool. four years in menswear amazing you put me to shame now <laughs> <You know? laughs> cool you know? well you know thanks for inviting me on and it's been a pleasure chatting to you and getting to learn more about you as well thank you so much thank you okay cool take thanks. care then bye bye